Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman and host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Hey, we're rolling, we're rolling. We got all game Stay tuned, man. We got something special for y'all today. You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. To the 10, right to the 5. It's going to end for the score. Touchdown. Yeah. Yes, welcome everyone. And this is the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Hope you're all recovering well from NFL Draft Weekend. It was lovely to have a bit of sport back in our lives. We'll be going through rounds two to seven in this podcast. And to help me do so, we have a plethora of full 10 yards gang, as we have done over the weekend and as we did in our mock draft. So four, four of the partners in crime are back with me. First off, Lee, how are we doing? We, how did you enjoy your Christmas? Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's always a long weekend, isn't it? It's a lot of late nights in a row, but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty satisfied with everything. Yeah, uh, I, t- I pretty much found out that I was uh, as old as my age indicates because it took me a day or two to uh, <laughs> to get the sleep back. So that wasn't uh, <laughs> that wasn't good. I'm still paying for it. Um, Andy, how, how, obviously Dolphins had a, a, a lot of picks in the draft. Were you happy with uh, the majority of those selections before we get into a bit more detail? Yes, mate. Absolutely, absolutely buzzing. Um, yeah, couldn't have well, I couldn't have gone better in, in my eyes. To be honest, I think we. Slightly reached on a couple of picks for late in the draft, but we really built the trenches. Um, it was all about protecting Tua. Um, loved it. I loved the pick. It was, uh, you know, I, I know I bigged up Herbert over the last few weeks, but I think I said I was kind of like trying to talk myself into it as well as uh, everyone else. But no, it, when it came around, absolutely made up with it, to be honest. Yeah, so you're sporting your Miami Dolphins shirt. Is that a Landry t-shirt, uh, Jersey? It is, yeah. It was a, a nice purchase over in Miami a couple of years ago. The only other one I've got, I've bought recently was just the worst purchase I've ever made. I've got a Jay Cutler jersey, <laughs> which was just a complete waste of money. Don't know why I did it. It just came over me. So yeah, yeah. my wife, my wife, my wife found out who Jay Cutler was today. She said he looked quite hot. Don't know what to make of that. Um, but there we go. Apparently, he cheated on his missus. Is that was that right? Did, did, did yeah, he's got divorced. Yeah, there you go. We'll watch it. To be fair, he's the star of the show as well. I, I love it. I think it's really good. <laughs> Don't get me involved in any of that anyway. But talking of quarterbacks, <laughs> talking of quarterbacks, I like to throw interceptions. I see, Rob, you've got a Jameis Winston shirt on there. Yeah, the GOAT. Of course, why wouldn't you wear a Jameis okay. Winston shirt? Lee, where's yours? Where it should be, in the shop. <laughs> so, it's <laughs> an uh, Oxfam. Uh, and then the final, the final of our fabulous five is the uh, Mr. NFL hype train conductor himself, Mr. James Fotheringham. James, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing better than I felt the other night. But uh, yeah, let's get joking. Let's get joking. If you want to get us on Twitter, at uh, Full10Yards is the main Twitter handle. Full10Yards CFB, if you want to get in touch with anything. Uh, college, if you want to get our personal Twitter handles, I am Tim underscore Monk, uh, F10Y. Oh, here we go. Lee is Wakefield90. Uh, Andy Moore is AJ Moore 21. Rob is FF Britballer and uh, James Fotheringham is at NFL Hype Train. How about that for uh, useless information in the old noggin? But let's get to it. Let's uh, let's talk about the draft uh, as a whole. I just wanted to get all, kind of all your thoughts uh, as a whole in general. Obviously, you know, some of you guys appeared on the on the day one recap, but as a, as a kind of as a three day event and. Uh, obviously, the, the draft was different this year. Um, I, I thought it was actually pretty pretty smooth. In, 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 in the times that uh, you know things could have quite easily gone wrong, and I know the Rams had a, a glitch or uh, some of their, their Wi-Fi shut, <laughs> shut down during one of their picks, um, it was quite interesting. But um, one thing one thing I did notice actually it was quite interesting to see uh, Roger Goodell's comfort levels as the days the days wore on. It's kind of a time lapse, wasn't it, of of, of the coronavirus? You know, first up, you're you're ready to go. You're still working. You're in your suits, and then you know, by the time pick twenty comes around, uh, pick two hundred comes around, it's like, ah, oh, sod it. You know, V neck t shirt and uh, sitting on the couch with your feet up. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but that was good. Well, yeah, Lee, Lee what was your <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what was your what was your thoughts in general on 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 the NFL draft, Lee? Yeah, it was good. Like you say, it was pretty smooth, wasn't it, for the, for the most part. There's a few technical glitches that have kind of come to light after the fact, which is good. You know, they didn't actually interrupt anything to do with, like, the flow of things. Or I mean, they didn't put that rule, didn't they, where if someone did have some sort of technical issue, then they wouldn't be, like, timed out so easily and things like that. But it went really well. I think it was quite a good experience um, in terms of it being a bit different. I mean, obviously, it wasn't ideal. We'd prefer fans to be there, but... It was an interesting experience for sure, I thought. Um, and yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, I mean, probably didn't enjoy it as much as usual because one of my things that I really like about it is 
um, seeing the players' reactions. So obviously their dreams being made, and that's part of it that I really, really like. Obviously you didn't get that so much. Um, it was kind of delayed and wasn't as like as fanfare and wasn't as big, but it, it's still a great draft overall. Um, mm. And you know they, they kind of said that they might try and work things like this in the future. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, yeah, Roger Goodell did say that they're trying to keep some elements of, of the virtual draft uh, to, to carry over into future years. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of all elements they are. But uh, Andy, any, any particular highlights for you? I know uh, Lee said that we didn't get really many reactions or you know, with the players being there, but I thought uh, a reaction of uh, C.D. Lamb nicking his, nicking his phone back from his, his partner was quite quick. Yeah, that was a bit awkward, wasn't it? We don't want to... <laughs> I, think that, I think my wife uh, watched that one and just uh, j- j- just was a bit like, why did he do that? As if, as if I, I personally knew C.D. Lamb there. Yes, that was, uh, it was funny. But um, no, I thought it went really smooth, like you say. Um, uh, what I think was that, although um, Goodell did like a really like good job keeping it smooth or something, it kind of showcased that he will never be like a TV personality. He was just, he was quite uncharismatic when he was announcing the picks, I thought, which maybe he could have uh, offered a bit more hype there. But yeah, I thought, I thought he went well. I enjoyed uh, looking at the, in the coaches' um, rooms when they were just chilling. Like uh, Brian Flores looked like the most relaxed man in the, in the building. Um, and yeah, and then uh, I, I read uh, Peter King's column today. It's quite interesting. He was in the, um, like virtually in the room with the Bucks. And, uh, and how they called like trade up from everywhere from eight onwards, and no one was having it till the 49ers. So uh, it was interesting that, that how that would, you know, the, the way he was telling that with uh, owns a phone and then leave it and then watch it on the TV come in and know that it'd been rejected, that sort of thing. So yeah, that was interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Rob, it was quite interesting going in ins and outs of the houses of uh, of all the GMs. Obviously, uh, quite a varied spectrum, shall we say? Let's just say uh, Cliff Kingsbury's was the one hundred and one, and maybe Mike Vrabel's was the uh, five twelve or something. If you've got a five round <laughs> five round rookie draft, Stein. Um, <laughs> yeah, any any personal highlights for you on the draft? Yeah, like you just mentioned, I think um, yeah, uh, Kingsbury's house was. Uh, pretty sweet and didn't uh, Sean McVay have a very similar looking house as well um did, mm. did someone notice it it was uh, the garden was the like exactly garden. the same yeah weird isn't it um Next but yeah no, it was it was very interesting very interesting to see um how different it can can be and and I think it worked for the most part like I said there was a few it wasn't great because there was so much delay um but it was it was fine. It was the best of what we could get, and we can't complain really. Mm. A couple of po- couple of bits of rants I, that I do want. Um, firstly, about just about the coverage, uh, James. I know you and a couple of other guys in the group chat were moaning on on, uh, on Saturday about uh, the Sky Day Three coverage, and um, to to a further point as well, it really annoyed me on especially on night one, the fact that Trey Wingo, the guy that was the anchor for for ESPN, he would you know the ticker would be well out of sync with what he was talking about. So the pick would be in for a team uh, and then they'd still have graphics on screen or he'd be saying that they're still on the clock and it just really infuriated me. And the fact that they made a point of making sure they got through five minutes of their video highlights after a player's name got called uh, was, was just very frustrating. I don't, again, I don't know if it's because it was all virtual and we didn't get to see players live and all the rest of it and meet up, up and meet the good deal. But um, any, any other frustrations from you apart from maybe some of the coverage? Nah, I think... To, to be fair, I think the delay, I always get annoyed by it every year because it comes up with the pickies in on the bottom and you're like, tell me now, tell me now. And it's like yeah. two minutes later and they still haven't gone to the commissioner. And I'm like, Err. but I think that happens every year. The fact I, it was just more noticeable because we had the delay on the cameras and the design. Because you didn't really get the players like true reaction to getting the phone call or their reaction to getting, you know, having it put on the telly and shown to the families because... I only noticed it for like you know half of the first two rounds picks. A lot of them, unless they were just disappointed. I mean, C.J. Henderson genuinely did look disappointed to be drafted by the Jaguars, but um, I think I suppose you can understand it. But um, hmm. yeah, this it was it, the, the sort of, some, some of the coverage did seem a little out of sync. Sky had the hands tied, to be honest, because they were just directly importing the feed, yeah. but they didn't want the U.S. advert. So there was a guy with a button essentially saying "advert break." And, Obviously, in the US, um, you still keep the tickers around the outside, whereas Sky don't have that option no. on a big feed. No. So they, they were just going to remove everything. And obviously, when you're going quick fire in rounds four, five, six, and seven, um, never going to get analysis pick by pick. But obviously, you know, we're in that culture nowadays where you just expect everything to be now, now, now. Mm. But yeah. uh, overall, I mean, to be fair, overall, I think they did pretty well. It was, mm. it was enjoyable and live. 
which is two things we haven't had a lot of recently in sports. So, hey. And I suppose the ESPN added a few flavours to the mix, making sure that they found the deepest, darkest secrets of everyone that did get drafted. So unless, yeah, if your dad didn't die or your dog, your dog didn't get hit by a car or something, they weren't really interested, were they? So um, <laughs> whether that was a, a highlight I mean, the, or a low point, I don't know. They're in the same family as ABC, aren't they? So there's probably some American Idol in there. <laughs> absolutely um, some other um, things of note that were quite good over the weekend obviously Bill Belichick became a dog which was pretty funny that was uh, that's quite good to watch and then Jerry Jones do, doing as he does every year and tries to one-up everyone uh, making his yacht look like uh, Cliff Kingsbury's uh, gaff look like a like a, an outhouse um, so yeah gotta love Jerry Jones always always tries it doesn't he uh, any other any other winners or losers uh, for anyone I mean, I, I actually quite enjoyed Mike Rabel's house. I was just, I was awake everything. <laughs> yeah, the modern version of the British people. Each time, to be fair. Yeah, yeah I thought it was really funny. I yeah, thought the, the, the best yeah, thing I, mean, I think I said this on the other pod was that it was just like completely normal. Like, he was just not taking any notice of what was going on. Yeah, the Smurf in it with him. I think the, one of the winners from the draft has got to be the, uh, the Chicago Bears tight end room. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's, probably been, <laughs> it's probably been knocked well, through into the wide receiver room, isn't it? Exactly, it's got a bit of a uh, an upgrade needed, I think, for that room. So happy days! Yeah, if you're an architect in the Chicago area, able to do extensions during this time, please get in touch. Excellent. Yeah, very good, very good. Right, that's uh, enough shenanigans about the draft weekend. It was a good bit, good bit of fun. Good bit to see uh, some live stuff on the TV, even if it was during the, the late hours of the night. And shout out to anyone that did the double hero shift of uh, Thursday night and Friday night as well. I tried. I got to about pick. I got, I'm not going to talk about Xavier McKinney. Well, we will do it. We'll do it at some point. But um, <laughs> I'll see you later. I went. I went to bed after pick 51. So there we go. Um, okay, let's get let's get into it. Rounds two and three. Then, so we will start off early uh, early doors. Uh, some fantasy implications with pick 33, 34, and 35 with T Higgins, uh, Pittman, and Jundra Swift uh, going to Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Detroit respectively. Uh, James, what what are the ramifications here, fantasy wise? Obviously, you've got T Higgins joining a uh, wide receiver room with AJ Green and, uh, and Tyler Boyd. And uh, can we do we say uh, rest in peace to uh, Mr. Kerryon Johnson? Not yet. It'll be it, the writing is well and truly on the wall. I think um, Tiggins don't go jumping out thinking he's going to be a darling for you this year. But in the long run, um, I can see him sort of looking like the AJ Green successor. And with the way that he's been going down in recent years, that could come sooner rather than later, albeit <laughs> probably not in time to be worth drafting. Um, Michael Pittman's not exactly a bad a bad idea for the Colts at all, but the wide receiver room is still got plenty of people in it. Let's put it that way. Um, so, but he's he's probably got a chance to climb that succession chart and find some game time. But again, we're not talking fancy relevance. DeAndre Swift, however, is probably going to find himself in a timeshare quite quickly. I don't think the Lions have made it a great secret that they're not exactly enamoured with on Johnson. How much fancy owners were a few years ago, I think the idea that he's going to be the bell cow has now disappeared and this has pretty much completely finished that. So um yeah, if you if you didn't draft it if you didn't trade him in your dynasty leagues before the draft, then I'm afraid you're gonna get a lot less to the pound than you did before. Um but Swift is probably gonna be one of those you're gonna get high in dynasty rookie drafts. So um yeah good you can you're probably going to need a top five pick to get him so mm. i would imagine so yeah no i agree um, i'm, I'm kind of doing the um, redraft who knows yeah and no, i'm just kind of doing the Superflex uh rookie draft and uh in Superflex, deandre swift went 102 i kid you not which was uh, a bit too high for me um but just a, just a point on um Michael Pittman of Indianapolis obviously comes into a nice spot. Probably similar comments from for him in terms of kind of taking over the old guard when you know when T.Y. Hilton does eventually go. I know he's probably got a few more years left in him at the same team than maybe AJ Green does, but I suppose Pittman's trajectory is still on the on the up a good landing spot for him. Oh, de- I mean definitely. I mean to, now that it depends a lot really on what the Colts do in terms of succession planning with Philip Rivers. I know he's only just got there. But um, there is going to be an element of succession planning going on there. He will get, you know, at least at least a year, potentially longer, um, with Rivers to sort of, you know, feel what it's like with the Gakura. But it could be that Pittman is the guy who builds up the chemistry. Um, I'm hoping I'm right. It's Jacob Easton that went to the Colts. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah them two, them two, and sort of it, practice squad and sort of rookie time when we do get out of this lockdown and people can start getting out and training, uh, then two could be, could, you know, create the chemistry that could be sort of 
I, I, I don't say the new look in Hilton, but who knows? Mm, no, absolutely. Um, okay, let's move over. Then uh, next off the board was my darling of the draft, Xavier McKinney. Lee, five safeties went in round two. Do you think... Um, do you think it was a bit, quite a lot for round two? Um, obviously, the four others being Cole Duga to, to New England, Grant Delpit, Cleveland, and Tom Winford Jr. to the Bucks, and Jeremy Chin with the last pick in the second round. Uh, a bit surprising for you, or were you happy with where you know, five safeties going off the board, essentially? It is a lot, but I mean, it was a nice one. It was a nice call of value sort of segment for the draft for these guys because they weren't quite round one players. You know, we didn't write, I mean, maybe Mickey, you could argue um, in the end of the first round because I know you weren't in really badly in the first. Um, it could be one of those things where, you know, you let them fall a little bit and you're more comfortable taking them in the second. Um, and they're all good players, they're all kind of similar. Uh, sort of value and similar sort of level of player, different in their traits and higher skill sets in some ways. But um, yeah, I think it was quite it's quite okay value for everyone that got taken there out of those five. Five favorite favorite pick of the five in terms of fit or value. I think there's a lot of growth has come from Jerry Chin. I think I know it's I know it's the latest one out of the five, but I just think he's got so much potential because um, you've got an NFL body there already, and you just need to you know refine that skill set that he's got that he's shown, at, albeit a lower level. Um, but yeah, I just think there's a lot of growth to come from him. Um, obviously, Xavier making it to the Giants is the first one that went. He's a really good pick as well. But um, I just think there's a lot, a lot of room to grow for Jeremy Chin. Hmm. I think. I mean, they're all. I, to be fair, I wouldn't complain with any of the five. To be fair, but I just think that the fact that they got him right at the second, right at the end of the second, and I just think that yeah, got, got a real bag in there. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so like I say, five safeties go in at round two, but also five running backs went in round two. Uh, Rob, we've mentioned uh, John Joe Swift beforehand. Uh, Jonathan Taylor going to your Colts and then Cam Akers to the Rams, J- J.K. Dobbins to the Baltimore Ravens, and a surprising one with A.J. Dillon uh, going to Green Bay. Uh, we'll get, probably get on to Matt LaFleur's vendetta against Aaron Rodgers uh, in a moment, but from a fantasy standpoint, um, most of those pretty good spots for fantasy purposes and to, uh, for, the, for the running backs. Um, firstly, your thoughts on, on Taylor going to the Colts and what that means for Marlon Mack. Uh, slash uh, Naheem Himes, and then just maybe a, a brief overlook of the other guys as well. Yeah, I think that Taylor to the Colts was something that wasn't expected. I, I think I, I've got my, my band of, of Colts friends, and none of us had predicted that Colts were going to grab a, a running back in the second. We thought maybe fifth or sixth, considering we've got Marlon Mack, Naheem Himes. Um, that wasn't a need for us, as far as we were concerned. But so to grab Taylor was surprising, but, you know, all very well and good. I'm a massive, massive Jonathan Taylor fan, so I'm very happy with that. Um, I think that he is the is going to be the, the running back one for the next four, four years at least. Um, I think Marlon Mack is, is, is in a contract year. I don't think he comes back next year now. I think he either gets traded away or, um, you know, he gets this year in, in, in a sort of a tandem. Um, and then it's Jonathan Taylor's job. So um, fantasy-wise this year, I think most of these, uh, maybe not Cam Akers, but the other three particularly, are probably going to be in committees this year. Um, obviously, Dobbins at, at Baltimore has got a you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed there, but they do run the ball a lot, so that's that's helpful. Um, and like I said, Taylor will be in with Mac. Um, Acres is interesting because Acres is is obviously taking the, the Todd Gurley role, um, so he's got some fantasy upside for sure. Um, and AJ Dillon, um, I, it's uh, Aaron Jones is there at the moment, isn't he? He's the sort of the bell cow. So it'd be interesting to see how. Again, that was a surprising one. I don't understand why why they've gone down that route when they've when they've got a decent running game anyway, especially when the glaring need there was receiver, which they didn't take any, I don't believe. So very weird to see how, what what Green what Mufflo, uh, Matt Lafleur was doing there. But uh, nonetheless, no, they're all pretty good landing spots. As for this year, I think there's going to be a lot of committees, but next year. Likes of J.K. Dobbins and and Jonathan Taylor, they, mm. they could wind up being great picks. Yeah, that's not but not bad shout. And also, if you want to be kind of a bit cheeky about it, and um, yeah, there's no there's no um, there's nothing more prevalent in fantasy leagues than kind of recency bias. And you know, if you get these guys like Taylor, Dobbins, and all that in, in a bit of a timeshare, uh, and maybe pick them up once the, the owners are tilting because their first round picks in, in mm. rookie drafts uh, are not seeing the field as much as they maybe want or what they've, what they've obviously invested in them. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe throw out a cheeky little, uh, a cheeky little offer for, for some of those to knowing that full well, they're most likely going to take over uh, some backfields next year as well. So 
uh, maybe something to, yeah, to keep your eye on. Uh, Andy, we move, move to the wide receiver uh, position, rounds uh, two and three, uh, seven in total. Um, Higgins and Pittman, obviously, we've, we've talked about. Uh, LaVisca Chenault went over to Jacksonville at 42. Uh, KJ Hamler to Denver. Uh, Chase Claypool to Pittsburgh. Uh, Van Jefferson to the Rams. And Denzel Mims picked 59. Uh, it was quite a bit of value as well. Is there any, anything in there you like or you don't like? Uh, any, any of those which has probably seen the, the, the stock of, of a rookie rise the most? Yeah, there's three that I like and there's two that I don't really like. I think uh, Mims, like you say, uh, seemed cracking value to me. Um, I, I rated him really highly. I think he's a quality red zone threat. Um, and he's not got a lot of competition there uh, immediately. I mean, Perriman's uh, uh, decent last year, but he made the most of uh, Jameis' big arm, to be fair. I don't know if Donald's got the same um, range on him, even though we're not all, not all Winston fans, I'm, I'm well aware. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, like Hamlet, <laughs> Hamlet, I really like Hamlet, actually. I think um, I think he's got that Tyreek Hill about him. He's, uh, he's going to be explosive at the slot, and then just the weaponry around him. It's going, to, um, it's going to be fantastic. Maybe not fantasy-wise, because obviously there's going to be a target share with Sutton, Judy, uh, Fans, and uh, Albert O as well, I think. But I like the pick in terms of, of, of Denver's win-now mentality. I mean, what, what, a, uh, what a receiver call they've got now. Maybe only beaten by the Bucks, possibly, in, 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 in the, and maybe the Cowboys, I suppose, as well. Thank you. Um, and Ch- Chanel, I... Um, to be honest, you didn't like that pick. I wanted to have him a kid. I mean, I've got um, I've got I've got Chanel written down as I like the pick, but I, I'm not really sure whether I do or not. I mean, uh, obviously, it seems to me that the Jags are building for next year, and uh, and Lawrence or Fields or sorry, or, uh, whoever they, they like to pick from the quarterback bunch there. But um, I don't know. I, I thought Chark had a good thing going last year, and I really and I, I'm quite high on D.D. Westbrook as well. So. Um, yeah, maybe not. I mean, yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a good, a good draft pick. I think he's a good player, but whether, whether he's going to fit in there um, and compete as well as those two guys, I'm not entirely sure. Then I've got Claypool um, with the Steelers, uh, just a bit of a curveball, really. I mean, like you say, tight end frame. <clears throat> he's different to what they've got, but is he um, is he going to be like any kind of production value? Who knows, really? In fantasy-wise, I'm steering well clear. I think he's, uh, I yep. think he's going to be a two-three catch a game sort of guy, um, and you know, not reliable at all. And then Van Jefferson. I mean, I think this guy is one of those ones that's like really hyped pre-draft because he's one of those like um, hipster picks, which people have uh, kind of hyped up to the second round. I mean, obviously the Rams have done their their homework. I think he's a good route runner, but then I don't think he's got any explosive speed. Um, I don't, he's an average size, uh, lack of college production, so that was a bit of a reach for me. Yep. And then just to find off the other, any other offensive skill player taken in at round two was Titan Cole Komet, which uh, was 43, pick 43 to the Bears, uh, as we mentioned before. Architects over to Illinois, please. Yes, Architects over to Illinois. Um, they were, just before we round out kind of round two, the surprise of the round obviously was Jalen Hurts. Uh, not necessarily where he went in terms of pick number, but the destination. Um, do you feel that the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles fans will, will argue with you all day long, but do, do you feel that the Eagles, because they've won a, a, a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and Carson Wentz is, uh, in air quotes, injury prone, do you feel that they've, they've kind of been a bit overcautious here and kind of overvalued the position a little bit too much? Or do you think that they were right in terms of uh, to take Jalen Hurts at that point? Um, I've seen a lot of um, I saw a lot of tweets actually saying <laughs> now that uh, hey 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 I'll get you I'll get you no I'm joking I'll, I'll, I'll ask you I'll come back I'll come back to you Andy yeah, go on Andy go on go on I was just going to say, I think um, I, I like the pick. I, I actually do. But then it was one of those ones where you kind of talk yourself into it. Like, uh, again, one of those things where you've seen lots of, uh, lots of um, feedback saying uh, before the draft, uh, not a need to address uh, backup quarterback. Everyone was happy with Sudfield. Picked in the second round. Everyone's saying, fantastic pick. Definitely need to address the, the backup quarterback. So, yeah, it's a, you know, I've got one mate who's an Eagles fan who said he's a, uh, Absolutely livid. They didn't address. Uh, they didn't address linebacker or, or safety to his um, his his preference. So, yeah. Lee. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, they kind of neglected. I'm just kind of walking into it. I was kind of. I was kind of glad they didn't say corner as well because that was the big area that they didn't neglect because that was the two areas that they had to address before the draft was wide receiver and then corner as well. And they um, 
really went off to town on wide receivers, obviously drafting three and then trading for Marquis Goodwin as well. So they've got track uh, track team at wide receiver now. But no corners, which was bizarre considering that they had a lot of trouble um, keeping people on the field at corner last year. Um, so yeah, like you said before, like you sort of jumped up in your build up to the conversation that Jalen Hurts in the second isn't a bad pick at all. And Philadelphia do put a lot of emphasis on having a backup quarterback. You know, they paid a lot of money to the field, they pay uh, a lot of money to Nick Falls. And yeah, they, they kind of seem to value that quite a lot. Probably because Wentz is not, not even in air quotes, he's like in, injured quite a lot. Um, so, you know, have a, a leader, a team player, someone who's going to come in, not complain, not make any bother for Philadelphia. And he's also going to make, be able to make plays in different ways. They might have a goal line package for him or something like that and use his legs. So I'm not saying he's going to be the next Taysom Hill or something like that because that seems to be really overused, sort of cliche thing that's been that's so annoying. quite a lot now. But I do, I do feel like that they could at least put a package in for Jalen Hurts, you know, to, to get much with his legs uh, around mm. the goal line. No, absolutely. Good. I was going to say a quick, quick question for Lee. Lee, do you reckon he's going to be, uh, he's ever going to be QB1 there? Uh, if, if Wentz was a bit older or if he gets a major injury, I think, I think he's got the potential to be a QB1, but not in that spot because it's a bit strange because Wentz is not, I mean, he's in his peak now, isn't he? Really? He's not in his 30s. He's just been paid quite a lot of money. Um, so I don't know. No, not really. I mean, in somewhere else, yes, but no, not in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do look forward to seeing how the uh, Philadelphia wide receivers get on in the four by one hundred meter relay when the Olympics does turn around. Um, maybe next year, year after, uh, but uh, we shall wait and see on that. So let's move on then to round three, James. We'll, we'll come back to you. Um, obviously, you are the conductor of the NFL hype train. A couple of wide, wide receivers and running backs went off the board in round three, and some Titans as well. So just want to kind of get your thoughts. I'll run through them now. You got um, Gibson that went to Washington at three hundred two. Sean Vaughan, uh, which is a polarizing uh, pick in terms of his impact, what impact he'll have in Tampa. He went at 3.12. And then you've got running back slash wide receiver, Lynn Bowden uh, and Brian Edwards, who went back-to-back picks in the middle of the third round for the Vegas Raiders. Zach Moss uh, goes and joins Devin Singletary in the Buffalo backfield at 3.22. And then Devin DuVernay, uh, Baltimore, 3.28. And then a couple of tight ends, Josiah DeGuara uh, for Green Bay. Uh, yet again, not a wide receiver for Green, <laughs> Green Bay for 3.30. And then Dalton Keane to New England at 3.37. And Adam Troutman to New Orleans at 3.41. Yeah, it, it's what it's. They've all got some kind of you know perk to them as round three goes. Gibson's going to be, well, let's be honest. Washington have needed help in a few places, so um, he's going to be especially the White probably House. usable quite early on. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let people enjoy that just for a second there. That was too good. Um, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughan, I saw people after sort of, you know, midway through round, well, at the end of round two, sort of saying one of the big winners from this draft season and off season at the moment looks to be Ronald Jones. Because at the moment, he's had very few, you know, very little competition going uh, Tampa Bay's way. The, the only way that that now changes, really, is if they sign someone like Devonta Freeman, um, which I'm not sure I see happening. So it, it's um, Keyshawn Vaughan comes in as another member of what's probably going to be another running back by committee. Um, but soon, that's all you're going to get is running back by committee. So you're going to have to effectively play two people in a committee. Um, but he will have the longevity to go forwards, I reckon. Hmm. Um, Fast-forwarding a little bit, more running back by committee work in Zach Moss, working alongside Devin Singletary now that Frank Gore's gone. Um, Moss is probably one of those that I might end up targeting in a few of the... Uh, Rookie drafts, I imagine. Um, although I don't want to say too much, otherwise I'll hype train him too high. And uh, I've done that before. Um, Devin Duvernay is another really good pick for the Ravens, which annoys me as a Steelers fan. Um, the Ravens sneakily had a good draft in Bennett and just about helped every position they needed. And Dioware's receiver rooms get, is young and dangerous. And Duvernay adds to that. Um, and then when it, and then obviously the run on tight ends we got at the end of the three, um, I actually think New Orleans got a decent value in Troutman, mm. and he has a path to. I'm not going to say fantasy relevance, but I'm going to say, you know, if you're in a two tight end league where they score one and a half points, I am in one of those. Um, he may have some use to you, but he ha- he's one of the people who has the potential to succeed into the tight end one role in New Orleans potentially. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I, I like it. Certainly if you're, you're putting your rod out there at the end of the third round and you pick up a bit of a trout, you know, you can't grumble, can you? Um, <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that is terrible, isn't it? Uh, I didn't even write, I haven't didn't have that one written down. Um, let's move on then to, so, to some of the later rounds. Uh, rounds four to seven, obviously, Lee, these are some of the guys that, um, that kind of you'll be more familiar with than maybe some of the rest of us here uh, on, on the chat. But... Um, there, there were some guys that kind of had one first, second round, maybe third grade, ground grades fall, fall in this, uh, this deep. Uh, first off, why? Uh, and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. So, um, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong as well, but I thought Kevon Wallace at 421 for Philadelphia, Bryce Hall at 513 for the Jets. Uh, and then wide receivers, KJ Hill went to your charges in round seven. Uh, Zaya Hodgins went going, going to Buffalo as well uh, late on. And then fine, Rip routed us off, offensive lineman Prince Tago Bonogo, which uh, I think Andy took in the set, what, second round of our mock? So yeah, any any reason why A, yeah. they fell and do you think they're just steals or are there, are there reasons as to why those guys kind of fell? There's always potential. I mean, these, these are the best rounds. These are the way you really fill out your roster and where you make a good draft great. Um, obviously, most of the most of the players in the league are drafted on the third day. So obviously, it's got most rounds. Um, simple maths. Um, but <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of reasons. You know, first of all, first, first of all the teams have um, more information than we do as fans. You know, they get to see them a lot more. And even if in this environment where they didn't actually get as many visits and they have pro days and stuff, they still have a lot more information than we do. They're drafting for one team, whereas we're sort of, as fans, thinking about uh, maybe all 32 at one time when we're writing mock drafts and things like that. So it's he's to get clouded over. A lot of these guys maybe didn't have an ideal athletic testing or got red flags for injuries. You know, we mentioned Bryce Hall. Uh, Prince Tager as well has red flag for injuries. Maybe not as refined, maybe not as good upside. You know, Isaiah Hodgins, one of my favourite wide receivers in the draft, but doesn't have the athletic um, ability in terms of his long speed that would you know, propel him up into the second day. So there's a, lot, there's a multitude of reasons, really. But um, it's, you know, it's the fact that maybe they don't have as much potential for some of the reasons, or they have a red flag, uh, maybe that's off the field as well, something I didn't mention. Um, as as you know, we, we think about is, is for our, you know, when sort of having conversations as fans or our mock drafts and things like that, and it's all about fitting that one team, like I say, for the, for the GMs, and we're not thinking like that, really, sometimes. Would it, be, would it be nice if the uh, GMs would just phone us up and tell us their thoughts so we could um, have more accurate mock drafts? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but anyway, failing that, we won't we won't have that ever. Um, Rob, any any late darts in in the in the draft there that we should be keeping our eyes on from a fantasy perspective? That uh, rounds four seven. Isaiah Coulter, Houston <laughs> Texans wide receiver, new DeAndre Hopkins. Draft him in the last round of any dynasty leagues. Lock him in. As I call it, so there you go. You've, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, I'm surprised you haven't changed your name to him. You've changed your name in the chat to James Goat Winston. I'm surprised you've not changed it to like Isaiah Goater or something, aren't they? Um, <laughs> there you go, as I call it. Yeah, that is going to happen soon. Um, he he ran uh, a faster 40 yard than um, than D Hop. Um, he uh, did more bench presses than D Hop at the combine. He had a bigger broad jump at the combine. This guy is literally is, is better than the Andre Hopkins. I'm just throwing it out there. So is he is he D Hop Hop? Like Miles Boykin last year, then who did nothing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa! You you what? You just watch Miles Boykin. This is the year of Miles Boykin. I'm telling you. There you go. There you go. I heard it here first. It was the. It was the. I was Deverno. They. Uh, they. They. They drafted with it. Um, okay. Well, obviously, more eyes put on that over the summer. Um, but before we get out of it, then, folks, let's uh, let's have some some uh, you know surprising picks and favourite picks and teams that maybe won and lost the draft. From your opinion, um, I'll start. And Leo, a question to you. Um, after on kind of on reflection of of the Chargers' first round draft of mm. um, six and and whatever they what twenty three was it to go and get Kenneth Murray? Yeah. Do you, on reflection, I think that's actually not the greatest of moves by the Chargers because I I would rather be having um, taking taking Simmons at six and then trade back up for 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 Jordan Love ahead of of Green Bay uh, rather than having Herbert Murray. I just wanted to take your thoughts. I don't know if you've you've had kind of time to reflect and, and maybe look at it. Yeah, I've gone completely the opposite way. When this happened on Thursday night, Friday morning, I was a bit like, oh, we should, we've done it literally that way. I was, I was thinking, because I wanted to Isaiah Simmons, I've been quite vocal about it on um, however many podcasts we did before the draft and, and on our second, uh, sorry, our first round review that we did on the weekend. Um, but having kind of thought about it some more, I'm, I'm kind of happy it went this way. And I think it goes back to what I just said about the teams having a bit more information and meeting with the players. Anthony Lynn basically made Tom Telesco pick Kenneth Murray because he just fell in love with him in his interview. Uh, he said it was the best interview he's ever had of a draft pick um, and he just wanted him on his team. You know, we've been after leadership 
Uh, and obviously, they, they love drafting linebackers anyway. I don't really get the fascination with Fantasco and linebackers. Um, but here we are. But yeah, I think Aaron Murray's a really good player. Um, and Herbert's a better quarterback than Bob now. And he's got potential to be a better quarterback in, in general. So, yeah, I mean, my initial reaction, like you say, was to do it the way around. But with hindsight, having heard how the GM, the head coach, talk about these players, I'm more than happy to do, to do it that way and go that way. And like I say, I don't think there's going to be any other way. Anthony Lynch is one of his man. And I think uh, a little bit like Andy said about the books and Peter King, um, it's kind of, the books were calling multiple teams before they actually got the deal done. Uh, Anthony was making some let's go do that um, from the, I think, the early 20s, late teens, just wanted to come up with Kenneth kind of Murray and go game. Okay. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, the, the teams have more information on the players and they know the players better than we do. So, uh, no, I'm happy to, I'm happy to trust them. I think Tom Sesko is one of the best GMs in the league. So, I'm happy to trust his dancing judgment. No, that's fair enough. Um, okay, so I'll do a quick round table, then we do these each break. So, obviously, that was, uh, I wouldn't say surprising, but it was just something I kind of reflected on. So, what was your most surprising pick of the draft, Lee? Oh, you put me on the spot. Um... Well, no, I didn't because I sent the run down there a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah, just, just when you're speaking, come back to me. Yeah, come back to me. Come back to me. Okay, come back to me. Uh, Rob, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, was the surprise for me. Didn't see him going first RB. Didn't go see him second, going second or third, to be honest. Um, so great landing spot in Kansas City, but he was a surprise for me going at the back of the first round. Yeah, no, fair enough, Andy. Uh, from in the fifth, actually. Um, I know he's had his doubters. Thought he was good enough to at least to, to go in the third. I thought he's like again, I thought yep. he could start games. Thought he'd be a good game manager. Uh, in the end, I think he's ended up in probably the worst place he could have ended up <laughs> from in terms of his uh, his skill set, uh, weak arm in the uh, swirling wind and the freezing cold bench of uh, a Buffalo isn't his uh, isn't his ideal place. I don't think by any means. So yeah, that was my surprise. Mm. James, Forty Nine is trading all the way up to twenty five to get Brandon Ayuk. I, don't, I, I didn't see Ayuk as a first rounder and um, it felt a lot to give up to essentially gaining what you losing what you just gained mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, what I still consider as a little bit of a fleecing of the books um, and then they managed to do one on themselves uh, but yeah I didn't I didn't think Ayuk was really worth 25 at that point with the teams coming up. They must just have felt Green Bay were a bit of a threat and then Green Bay kind of decided they'd shoot themselves in the foot instead. Yeah, no, fair, fair, fair enough. Whilst you were talking there, James, uh, Rob, Rob put up a, a post-it of a fr- um, release from and I, does, it just reminded me of the song Free, Free From Desire. Free from desire. <laughs> 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 that might be... Uh, Your defence yeah. is terrified. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I might have to, might have to that might be a, a, an idea for a YouTube video. Uh, watch your eyes peel for that one over the summer. <laughs> I am, I am gutted. I'm gutted that he went to Buffalo. I love Jake Fromm. I think it's brilliant. I wish Indy would have took him instead of Jake Eason. That's where I, I'm, I'm sitting at. But I am gutted that he's at Buffalo because I think he's such a talent, and I think it's going to be so wasted because he's in a position where he ain't going to get in in front of um, of, of Allen, and he ain't a place that he's going to do well at. So I'm absolutely gutted for him. Release from. Every awesome. Jaguars pick that went by where From wasn't picked, I felt slightly more annoyed. <laughs> mm-hmm. What um what's the what's the the, the technical name for a yogurt? For, is it fromage fray? I think they're different things but similar. From it's got the word from in it, it's pun it's a pun in it. Yeah, um, these are fantasy team names, you've got to get them all sorted now, you know what I mean? Um <laughs> <laughs> Lee, come back to afraid. Fromage afraid. Um, Lee, come back to you for your well, surprising pick. Um, I guess I'll just a quick scan to refresh my memory. I guess Caesar Ruiz going to New Orleans. I don't think it's a bad pick, but no one really mock drafted him to New Orleans. I think it's a bit of a, a strength on strength pick, so a bit of a surprising one for sure. Mm. Sorry, James, were you going to say something? It's all right. We're fancy teams. My wife's already considering going for Sheno Clear. Yeah, not bad, not bad, not bad. I've got um, a couple of couple of good ones I've come up with is Class A rugs. That's good. Drugs, rugs. Uh, and then <laughs> It's <laughs> and not then, good when you have to play it. <laughs> no, but I know, but I get too excited. I have to I have to spoil it. And then 
and I can't think of the other one. If I if I think of it, I'll I'll remind you. But anyway, yeah. Any any anyone's got any good fancy team names out there? Let me let's know. Let us know. Um, okay, let's move on to favorite picks of the draft. Uh, I know this obviously. I'm not I'm not going to go home and pick. I'm not going to go Dallas because we all know they had a good draft anyway. So I don't need to even say that. Um, but I, th- I really like to all of Carolina's picks. I know they set a record for for picking every pick was uh, was defensive uh, defensive players. But I thought their first what four or five picks were really good. You know, Derek Brown obviously was a was the slam dunker where you know I saw that from mock draft all over but you know you took Grace Matos, Jeremy Chin and Troy Pride uh, I thought it was a really good effort in trying to retool uh, retool that defence Lee I don't know if you if you agree with that yeah definitely no really yeah, good point I mean I've got, suppose you've got to build from the back uh, I mean by the defence and it's going to be a long rebuild there in Carolina it's not going to be over overnight so yeah to retool the defence to kind of kick you that solid to get a lot of young bodies on the line to use sticks to performs good yeah it's a good um, a good uh, Say. Me too. Good tactic, um, and especially because you've got Phil Snow there, who's a really good defensive coordinator. Come over with Matt Rule from Baylor, so yeah, should be good. And it should be quite interesting as well because he, if he does what he did in Baylor, playing that kind of three-three-five formation, is kind of kind of interesting. Mm, interesting. Oh, the other the other fancy team name was uh, Sex Rugs and Rock and Roll. <laughs> That's better. That's better. <laughs> um, but this move on, uh, Rob. What was your your favourite pick of the draft? Oh, I've got a fancy name. Don't take rugs. There you go. Um, my fa- well, I really like Visca uh, to go uh, when he went to Jack uh, Jacksonville. I know um, Andy's already spoke about him, um, so I won't go into too much detail. But the the one pick I really, really, really liked actually was from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it pains me to say, but um, Tyler Biardis, the uh, centre, late in yeah. the fourth, was a yeah. fantastic pick. I mean, he's a second round. Pick. Um, I had him slated down as a top sort of top pick on day two, um, and so to get him in the back end of the fourth was fantastic value. Um, mm, he's a really the Eagles as well. Fit in for Travis. Yeah, really. Yeah, and uh, he'll he'll fit in. Obviously, Travis uh, Fredericks is just tired, isn't he? So he'll go straight in. He'll be a really good player. Mm, yeah, interesting. Obviously, but it eases the burden on uh, Jay Looney as well, which is which would be quite important as well. Would be quite an underrated fact. Um, Andy, over chief favorite pick of the draft. Can't go anywhere other than the fifth overall pick. Um, the Dolphins <laughs> uh, did such a good job of um, just hiding what they were going to do with it. Obviously, uh, had me fooled, had uh, the whole of the uh, NFL fooled, I think, really. So, great pick. Um, future franchise quarterback. Um, can't go wrong. But in terms of um, wider, I thought the Jets had one of the best underrated drafts mm. as well. Yeah. But, um, Shame Adam Gase is going to ruin all their careers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> I thought Lecter, then Mims, and then Ashton Davis. You took three of the big target players before the draft, so fair play. Mm, fair enough, uh, James. Oh, it again. Favorite pick, even well, favorite is the strong word. I think one of the best picks was Patrick Green going to the Ravens because it shored up the need. He felt, I think it was good value where they were, and it makes them stronger. I think the whole of the AFC North got stronger. And the Steelers probably were the losers of those four. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. That's fair so, enough. That brings us quite nicely on to winners and losers of the draft. Then, so um, hopefully, obviously, you guys have all got them. We've mentioned a few as well. But biggest in terms of teams, I think I say Dallas did uh, did did really well despite not drafting Xavier McKinney. Um, I think that would have uh, <laughs> that would have topped it all off. But never, never mind. Um, but another couple of teams that I quite liked. Um, Cleveland, I think, drafted pretty well as well uh, in terms of what they what they got out of the draft. And I think the Broncos are, are all in, not, not all in, but you know what I mean? They, um, they, they've fired up the arsenal of that offense and Drew Locke, uh, if he doesn't do anything this season, that's all on him. Cause I'm, I'm getting on the board, all aboard the, uh, the Denver Broncos train for, for this season. Then whatever the price is for them to make the playoffs, just get, get your mortgage, get your mortgage. If you, even if you don't have one on it. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of teams that I, I quite liked and um, without being homers guys, we'll, we'll just go a quick round table for uh, your biggest winning team or player from the draft uh, Lee. Uh, I, I mean, I, by Cleveland's draft, I think you missed me out before, but Jedrick Wills one of my favourite picks, getting the yeah. best tackle, in my opinion, at the 10th pick. Uh, they were my big winner. That's because I knew you were going there, so that's why I thought I'd, I'd bring it together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Cleveland, uh, Rob? Uh, I, I'm torn between three teams I think had really good drafts, uh, uh, Baltimore, Minnesota, but the, the team that I had the best draft... I really think Cincinnati absolutely nailed it. I think they've obviously got a burrow. T Higgins, I'm really high on T Higgins. I love Akeem Davis Gaither, who they got in the fourth round as a linebacker. Khalid Kareem as an edge rusher as well from, from Notre Dame. He's, he's a quality player who went too late in the fifth. So I, I think the Bengals actually nailed this draft. Yep, yeah, not going to argue there, Addy. Not, don't sign Miami. Um, 
No, no, I'm not going to. I'm going to go um, for another Florida team. I think the Bucks nailed it as well. I think they got one of the top four tackles at, at 13. So that was a, that was a bit later than we probably expected. I think. Um, so that was a great pick for them. Um, they, they addressed the safety needs. They, they picked the defensive back after defensive back in the first few rounds of uh, last couple of years. But I think they've got a really good player in Winfield there. Um, and it's all set up to go for, for, for two seasons of win now and, and, and Brady and, and Gronk. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I thought they did well. Mm. One thing I do, obviously looking at all of everyone's draft, everyone loves to grade drafts and picks and all the rest of it. I don't know if it's just me, but I thought this year there's a hell of a lot more A's being flung about than, than B's and C's. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know but if I think that, that the teams did do well. I think yeah, but did, also I don't know if that speaks to the depth, the depth, the depth for the depth for the draft. though probably maybe helps a little bit as well because you've got better players getting to the later rounds, so you know, more holes being filled adequately, I suppose. Um, James, obviously, we f- yeah. uh, finish off with you in terms of teams that won the draft. Yeah, as I said, the AFC North seems to all do well apart from the Steelers, which and keep keep it in the house. As I've said before, the wife's a Jags fan, and I say it quietly. I don't think they did a bad job because they pretty much each pick they just seem to hit a need. And well, they had twenty may not, it, Well, yeah, they did. They did, <laughs> but they they at least hit the important ones early, and they didn't exactly go for the you know the worst quality in each of those positions. So I, I think they were sort of underrated. They're not one of the people who've been getting all these A's, but sneakily, I think they're they're in it for the long run, and I think they've drafted accordingly. Their so. team, their team was so bad. Their need was twenty twenty one picks. That was, a, that was a <laughs> well, they used twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Oh yeah. But, uh, Listed as a need on the draft network. Anyway, uh, let's move on then. Let's, let's end it off with uh, with some losers. Uh, I suppose this is a good point to to, to maybe uh, expand a bit more on Aaron Rodgers. What do we um, leave? Start with you. What do we What do we think is going on here in terms of the why the Green Bay Packers drafted as they did? Are they wanting to annoy Aaron Rodgers and want him to leave and maybe trade him for a first or whatever to make what to like a New England or someone that needs a, a quarterback still? What what what's, what's the what happened? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, they needed to draft a wide receiver and they should have done that. But I think what they've said after the draft is they're moving towards more of a ground-based attack, which I don't really understand when you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league on the centre. But that's, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. And maybe having, you know, Aaron Jones and then uh, AJ Dillon kind of allows them to do that. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, uh, Rob, does this mean that we do not touch Aaron Rodgers in fantasy next season? I don't think you would touch them anyway, were you? Well, I wasn't. Someone might have. It's name, there, there's, 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 there's five, six, seven better uh, quarterbacks in, in fantasy at the moment, I think. I'd probably even say possibly even double digits, to be quite honest, with Brady moving exactly. back inside the top exactly. ten. There you go. More, yeah, and more. this draft has done nothing. and The, the off-season's done nothing for him to improve that stock at all, has it? So, um, no. I don't know, not they, for me. They've they not get Cole Komet. Oh, that was best, wasn't it? That was best. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Okay. Any more? Any more Aaron Rodgers? Anyone got anything interesting saying Aaron Rodgers? Is he? Is he finished? Is he? Is Aaron Rodgers finished? Because they can't get out. Of it. They can't get out of his contract for another two not, years. Not, not yeah, but yeah, but he's like, he's, he's obviously yeah, so the, the he's great quarterbacks elevate everyone. Years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Not, not convinced. I mean, he's, he's not. He's, he can't do bear. it. Poke the bear. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on to some other losers. Anyone got any other losers? It's Leib, start with you. There's no one that really strikes me, to be honest with you. I mean, like what we've just been saying, there's been a lot of a lot of teams doing really, really well, more so than usual. So apart from Aaron Rodgers you know, being the obvious one, I, I don't really think there's massive, massive gaping hole that anyone's kind of missed. I mean, I mentioned Philadelphia in corners earlier, but I, I can't, I'm struggling, honestly, to, to think of one. Mm. Rob? Um, for me, uh, Seattle didn't do a very good job with this draft at all. They reached on Jordan Brooks, um, Darrell Taylor. There, I think there was better edge rushes on the board at the time. Uh, Damian Lewis, the same in the third of the guard. I think there was better guards. I just think they whiffed and a tight end at four. They could have grabbed Albert O, which I think would have been a better fit for them. But yeah, I, I, I think um, Seattle didn't have, have, didn't have a very good draft in my opinion. I just had another in terms of fantasy. DJ Dallas could be a, could be a bit of a sleeper pick. Um, I'll put the, I'll put, no, I was just going to stick the uh, stick the Patriots forward as a uh, as a loser here. I'd probably uh, get a freezing cold Tate later, but um, it felt like they were like it, don't know, it just felt like a chaotic draft for them. They just kind of I don't think they obviously didn't address uh, the quarterback need. Whether uh, we are all in on Stidham or they not, um, they had a dog draft. I think Stidham's college tape was was bang average. They traded every single pick by one. Yeah. They, um, they had a dog drafting for him. You, you just said they whiffed rather than whiffed. 
<laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, Patriots' time within the uh, AFC East uh, is over. It's uh, it's next year's the Buffalo Bills' time, and then it's uh, all about South Florida. There you go. There you go. Tampa Bay. Yeah. That's that's mid Florida. Tampa, Tampa Bay, Miami Super Bowl in two years' time. Um, James, finish off with you. Biggest loser from the draft. You can have. I'll let you have from a fantasy perspective as well, if you like. Oh um, no! <laughs> I think yeah. I think all all of my things are taken. Seattle was where I was going to go. Um, Aaron Rodgers, we've all we've given plenty of uh, time to. So um, uh, Andy Dalton, he's 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 really losing. <laughs> yeah, but he lost. He was losing when Bengals when the season, Bengals finished season finished. Well, well, let's 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 change tack a little bit. Taysom Hill, now that he has some actual competition for the backup role in uh, New Orleans, is it? Is it though? Mm. <laughs> no, I think he'll beat Outbreeze. <laughs> <laughs> Who takes him here? Uh, anyway, right, my internet seems yeah. to be lagging, so we we get we we get out of here. So um, just before we we do go, uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast on wherever you find your podcast. Leave us a five star review as well; that would be uh, fabulous. We've got some articles that have come out recently as well over the last uh, well over today, uh, if or yesterday, if you are listening to this uh, on Tuesday slash Wednesday. Uh, NFL draft graded uh, rounds one to three by Kieran. Uh, he's gone through every pick and graded every pick of those because that's what everyone seems to do after the. Draft has finished and then a cracking a cracking article from sean uh, five teams with more questions than answers uh, coming out of the full uh, out of the nfl draft as well really good uh, obviously aaron Rodgers there is the easiest one to to know that's going to be in there but there's four other ones uh, as well so go and see uh, see what that's about and let us know your opinion here's anyone else there that's got more questions and answers coming out of the draft than going into it and then finally don't forget you can get 10 percent off at nfl shop europe with code full 10 but that's going to wrap it up for the podcast. There is your rounds, what was it, rounds three to seven, uh, rounds two to seven uh, roundup. So I hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back very, very soon indeed. We're going to try and get some fantasy podcasts out there as well with the uh, the ripple effect of the NFL draft. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for those. Some Britball stuff as well on the horizon. Um, if anyone that does love, love it, the UK game. The NFL pod will be back very soon indeed for some more NFL draft fallout. But in the meantime, let's get around the round table. It's goodbye from Lee. Yeah, see you on the other side, people. It's goodbye from Rob. Take it easy, peeps. Goodbye from Andy. Two a time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and goodbye from James. Choo choo. Oh, do you know what? I've had a feeling you're going to do that. <laughs> In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's a bye bye for now. A bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.